Thank you guys for coming tonight. I know some of you crossed a river to be here. A few years ago, I was in a really hard spot. My last relationship had ended in a restraining order, and I was spending a lot of time in court enforcing it. My boss had physically assaulted his partner, and I was the only one at work who knew about it. And I knew that my job was on the line because I knew about it, and I needed that job because I had a third grader and a first grader that I was supporting by myself. My house was a mess. My kids were, they always looked dirty, like there was always food on their face and they were like mishappened clothing and their car had a flat tire, there were rats in the attic. It was a rough time. And I'm walking through my kitchen and on the calendar I see circled that tomorrow is picture day at school. And I don't know why, (laughs) but that moment I decided that this was the turning point. I was going to take control of my life by getting my kids ready for picture day. I don't know if I had like looked at the Hannah Anderson catalog too long with all of the perfectly coiffed children and their like, you know, mommy and me outfits with the, you know, obviously good mothers but I decided this is it. And I knew that Oscar, my oldest, would be cooperative, and he was, but Violet. Oh, Violet was another story. That's gonna have to be strategic. Because Violet is um, just opinionated, and I'm a feminist, I want that, but I also like to leave the house on time, you know. So I'd had some experience, you know, managing Violet, and I knew that the illusion of choice was going to be vital. (laughs) So I went to her closet and I collected several outfits, three, and I laid them on the bed and I called her in and I mustered up some, you know, kind of pretend enthusiasm. I was like, Violet, I'm so excited. Tomorrow is picture day. And it's first grade and it's very different in first grade than before. Because in first grade, it's really important in our culture to look nice. <laughs> and I, it was kind of working. She's like, oh, okay, yeah. And I was like, you, you're going to need to brush your hair. <laughs> okay, so she looks at the options I have, and she rearranges them, which I kind of anticipated. And she, you know, chooses this little, like, purple dress with a ruffle and motorcycle boots and cool striped leggings, like right on, looks good. And I'm so proud of myself. I can really feel it, like this is gonna happen. I am getting control of things. Step one, check. And I turn to walk out of the room and I hear her say, oh, I forgot about this. And she pulls out a t-shirt that I had just picked up for her from a thrift store with stains and little holes, but it said, demigod in training. <laughs> and I, I look at her, and I'm like, oh, uh, Violet, um, you, we've already made the choice. 
It's too late now. We've, we've, clear, we've, we've spent time. We've chosen. You've chosen the purple dress and the leggings. It's, it's too late. I'm, I'm sorry, no. And she just stared at me. And she said, I want to wear this. And I could have, I could have reasoned with her. I could have said, you know, it's, you know, it's got stains, but I didn't. I, I was too stressed out. I said, Violet, you're going to wear the purple dress. And she looked at me and she said, never. And in that moment, it was as if there were doors in the bottom of the soles of my feet that opened, and the heat from the center of the earth began to fill my body, and I was furious. My plan was not working. And I knew this feeling. This feeling was familiar to me. It was outsized to what was actually happening. And I'd had enough therapy to know that what I needed to do is hold. Do not say or do anything. Get control of yourself. Just wait. Just, just wait. I was triggered. And as I'm, I'm holding and I'm trying to get control of myself to not say a thing, I am transported in time to 25 years before with my mother telling me what to do and coaching me on how to deal with my stepfather, Dutch. Dutch was a Vietnam veteran with PTSD who was very controlling. He, treated, he was 20 years older than my mom, and he kind of treated her as if she were his child. She made more money than him, but still he controlled all the finances and gave her an allowance. When she wouldn't go with him to the golf course, he would take the television with him so that she couldn't stay home and be lazy. And he coached her and criticized her and told her who to be and how to be all of the time. And I, I watched him punish and reward and punish and reward my mother until she was completely in his control. And, and that's, the, that's the paradox of domestic violence, right? She was a consenting adult who was under the control of someone else. Like two things were true at the same time. And I could see that. I could see that when I was 10. I could see it when I was 11. And I could really see it when he moved us to Europe to get away from everyone we knew. And the reward was we lived on the Mediterranean Sea. I've been to Pompeii 50 times. I know the secret tours of the Vatican. But he hid our passports. And we didn't have a telephone. And I wasn't allowed to go to school. And my mom, I was always stepping in between him and my mom and always saying, this isn't right, this isn't right. And my mom would coach me and say, Nikki, you just, you just got to understand him. He can't help it. Don't, don't, don't talk back to him. 
Don't ask directly for what you want. You catch more flies with honey than vinegar. And I remember writing in my journal that she had been brainwashed. And I remember when I was 14, he came into my room and he emptied all of my belongings out of my closet and my dresser into a pile in the center of the room. And I was in the corner of my room. What are you doing? What are you doing? He just ignored me. And then he just looked at me and he said, just checking. Whatever I said got me grounded for a month and slapped across the face. And I, I just realized that the more I resisted, the less freedom I had, the worse it got. So I decided when I was 14 to just try what my mother had told me to do. And I predicted his needs. I cleaned the house. If he got home, I made sure there was a snack and there was water. I never asked for anything. I never took my mother's side. I was completely compliant. And the more compliant I was, the more freedom I got. She was right. He was nicer to me. The more I disappeared, the more I receded the happier our family was. And sometimes I forgot that it was theater. Sometimes I, I felt like I had a good family. And then Dutch got sick. He had, a, he had a heart attack, and we were pretty much forced to come back to the States where he could get adequate medical care. And we moved to Memphis. And it was the summer, and... I was, I was almost 15, and I got pneumonia, and I remember laying on the couch, watching TV, just very, very sick, it was hard to breathe. My mom was at work, it was during the day, and Dutch came in, and he sat down in the chair next to me, and he picked up a remote control, and he changed the channel. And without thinking, I said, I was watching that. And he got up, and he came over, and he, he looked at me, and he said, what did you say? I said I was watching that. And he hit me. What did you say? I said I was watching that. And he hit me again, and this went back and forth and back and forth until I'm wrestling him off of me. And I run down the street, and I call my mother, and I call my aunt, who lives just four hours away, in southern Illinois, and she gets in her car, and she drives to the house, and she picks me up, and we leave. Twenty-five years later, I'm standing there with my six-year-old. Never. I'm the biggest, scariest, most powerful thing in this child's life, and she is not afraid to tell me no. And I turn up my palms, and I lower my chin, and I say, that's right, that's right, Violet. You can can wear what you want, your body, your choice. And she said, Mama, do you wish that I was still a baby 
so that you could dress me however you wanted. <laughs> and I said, oh, no, no. I do not wish you were small and powerless. I want you to have your own choices. I want you to know what you want and what you don't want, what you like and you don't like. There are things that are my responsibility and the choices for me to make because I'm, I'm your mom and I'm responsible for keeping you safe. But what you wear, that can be up to you. And when, um, the other day, I ran this story by Violet to make sure it was okay to tell all of you. And at the end of it, I was looking at her and she was just beaming. You could just see that she recognized herself. She recognized herself in this story. And she said, my body, my choice. <laughs> That's right. Thank you.